Hi, I'm Clemmie Telford and it's time to get open and get honest. Each week, I interview a guest about a topic that we, as a society, often shy away from. From sex lives to salaries, life and death, religion and real bodies, no subject is off the table. Welcome to Honestly, the podcast. To say Megan Lane has been on a journey when it comes to body image feels like an understatement. From living with an eating disorder to now speaking publicly about finding true self-acceptance, it really has been a shift. At one point during the episode, she tells me that she speaks to herself as if she was her best friend. And I'll be honest, I wanted to scoff at that response, which certainly says more about me than it does about her, and is also testament to the significance of the work Megan does in helping others find their true inner confidence, and why she was the perfect candidate to join me in talking honestly about self-acceptance. So, the name of the game is Honesty, Yeah. and I like to start with a quick fire round to get us both in the mood. Okay. So, on a scale of one to ten, how fun are you? Ten. Straight off. Yeah, I'm well fun. Are you? Yes. Absolutely confident in that. Absolutely, 1,000%, I am well fun. Good for you. <laughs> um, on a scale of one to ten, how popular are you? Popular? Oh, this is quick fire, isn't it? And, uh, as, well, as you like. Oh, uh, seven. <laughs> what was what was going through your head as you self-edited then? I don't know. Like, I don't think I was, like, popular at, like, school or, like, had that many friends and stuff. Thing is, whenever you speak to someone, no one felt like they were the popular person at school. On a scale of 1 to 10, how rebellious are you? Oh, 8. I'm pretty rebellious. Are you? Yeah, I don't like being told what to do. Don't you? No. And if I did get told what to do, it makes me get the hump, and then I'm like, right, well, I'm going to do the opposite then. I did that all through school, in relationships, all sorts. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What is your favourite colour? Green. Confident green. Yeah. And do you want to, like, give me an idea of shade, or you like all greens? Like a forest green. Oh, right. Mm, yeah, I like it. I've always liked it. It's quite interesting. Most prized possession? Esme. Uh, do I possess her? Really, well, really? We can do for now until she can tell you <laughs> otherwise. How would you describe your relationship with money? Better than it was. Wow, what an interesting question. I used to be terrible with, with my relationship with money and I was so in debt. and Just spent it before you'd even got it? Yeah, but never really made enough and I didn't know my worth and I didn't understand. I, didn't, I just thought it was dirty and evil and wrong and bad mm. and... And then I, I looked into it and was like, how come, you know, I never have any money and how come I'm, go- I'm going more and more into debt? Mm. And then I looked into it and I was like, wow, money's literally just energy. There is nothing bad or good or anything about it. It's just neutral. So I started to like rebuild my beliefs around it. Instead of trying to make more, mm. I just focused on my beliefs around money mm. and my relationship with it. And um, now I'm making way more. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it either. No. So I can tell that my relationship... There's still a little bit of ickiness there. Yeah. Because I feel like other people's judgments when you talk about money, they can be like, ew, like, mm. that's gross or whatever. Yeah, and I still feel funny, like, you know, I bought myself my first ever Prada handbag, my first ever designer handbag not long ago, and I've never, ever bought anything designer in my life. How did that feel? It felt amazing. Like, I went with, like, some of my closest, least judgmental friends, yeah. and we had such a good time, and they they were so happy for me, and I was so happy for myself, and it was just a good moment, because yeah. I was like, look what I just did, like, I was proud of myself, um, but I'm still wary of, of people seeing it and judging me for it. Yeah. 
it's so interesting. I'm kind of doing a lot of work myself on trying to unpick my relationship with money. And of all the topics I post about on Instagram and I, you know, do some weighty subjects, mm-hmm. money is the one that triggers people yeah. the most. What star sign are you? Aries. Are you? Yeah, what are you? I'm a Pisces. Nice. Is, I get on with Pisces. Do you? Yeah. It's a struggle. It's post-Pisces season. <laughs> deeply emotional. Bless and it was full you. moon last night. So. Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> We're <Yeah>. all right. <laughs> Three words your inner critic or imagined worst enemy would use to describe you. Oh. Sorry, it's not a very nice question. Wow. My, so if someone was being really mean about me, yeah, what would they or, say? Yeah, what the voices in your head say about you. Um, the voices in my head say, um, still say you're not good enough. Still get that one, don't we all? Mm. You're not a good mum. Really? Yeah, sometimes, like especially with like breaking up for, with my ex and like now being a single mom and having to split time with her, with him that's a huge one for me because I want to be with her all the time and I can't be and I just mm, so it's, it's counterintuitive a, yeah it's a balancing act of trying to be the best mom possible but you know also allow her dad to be the best dad possible that he can be so that's definitely a thing but that comes up motherhood ultimately is a, is a series of massive sacrifices in a positive way so you yeah. have to put her needs over yours don't absolutely you? 1000% and the other one is ooh, uh, do you know, I've squashed so many. That's of really them. good. I'm struggling to find a third. That's good. Maybe I still kind of sometimes believe that I c- I'm bad at finishing things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <gasps> is that an Aryan trait, though? Because yes. my husband is oh, yeah, an Aries yeah. and I call him half a job, Bob. Yeah, because and you get excited about things and then the, the excitement it. wears off and then you, you really struggle to. F- to, to, to like round it off I know? just can't comprehend it because I'm literally like if you spent another 10 minutes yeah. it would be done I know yeah, there's certain things that I do that I am you know I'm working on, on some stuff at the moment that I know I have to complete but I'm fighting those demons yeah there's just a point where you go um, yeah my mind's moved on yeah so interesting <laughs> so I've got you here I've written on my notes we've never met before but actually we have now met before we have we met um, a lovely afternoon tea we did have Anna Fletcher we did I have followed you for a while and feel a lot of parallels with our journeys with yeah. trying to reconcile our relationship with our body and our mind mm-hmm. and it turns out with money and with anything else <laughs> all of this stuff all of the time yeah. um, but we're here to talk about self acceptance so how do you feel about yourself now today both in terms of your body and your relationship with it and your place in the world do you know I think I'm pretty fucking great and that has taken me years to get to that point and I say that with pride and with happiness and with no ounce of shame don't you you can like there's no part of you that goes as you know because why should I do you know what I mean yeah like I'm here once um I have spent the majority of my life beating myself up bullying myself sticking my head down the toilet making myself sick like starving myself wrapped up in diet culture crying in bed not believing in myself not chasing my dreams being in debt, all those things, mm. and there is not for one minute a chance I'm ever going to go back to that lifestyle and waste my life. You did an amazing IGTV about your uh, eating disorder. God, that was hard to post, though. Yeah, how soon before did you record it? Had you been sitting on your phone, or had you, did you record it and put it up quite quickly? No, I have to. I have to do things. If I think, if I let things linger, the, the, the moment they gone. don't go, the yeah. moment's gone. And I, every single post that I do, that's like uh, yeah, you know, air quotes, one. inspiring yeah. or whatever. It, it comes from me in that, in that moment, moment and it gets posted in that moment. There's been times where I've saved it and then reread over the caption and I'm like, oh, hang on a minute, I don't feel this right now. No. And then I, f- I struggled to post it. So with that one, I sat and I recorded it. The first time I recorded it, I cried so much that I couldn't post it because I was just, 
hadn't spoken about it for years and there was things I was talking about especially like my parents and the you know feeling like I didn't have support and all those things that is still a wound yeah and for me to go and open that up but be on camera I just couldn't I literally like it was like all this kind of just pain just came up and just was crying and crying and I was like I'm gonna have to re-record this because this is not about me sitting on Instagram <laughs> and <laughs> blubbering to everyone this is like I'm gonna help people so I did have to do it if, you know a couple of times yes yeah to gather myself but um so for, for people who may not have seen that you struggled with an eating disorder from what age i'd say it started when i was around 12 13 really? so yeah. young yeah it was, i was so young but you know it started as kind of a not a joke yeah but like a game or something mm. i was trying it out other girls were doing it i was in an all-girls school oh, and school. yeah everybody started talking about diet so young and being thin so young and i hadn't even hit puberty yet you know i just mm. got my period and all of a sudden and, and to be honest i've been questioning myself and my weight my body since i was six because a young girl at the swimming baths when i was younger my mum dropped my towel and a young girl pointed at me and said ew um you look at your belly, you're fat, or something like along those lines. And I had never that even moment. like had the self awareness of my body at that point. And all of a sudden, I just thought something's wrong with me. And that never went away. I remember growing up and being on the beach in Wales on family holidays and like hiding myself in a towel and wearing a swimming costume and not a bikini. And I was a child, you know. And, and that goes back so far that I don't rem- I don't remember a time in my life where I felt confident in myself ever. Since a chat, since being a baby, yeah, basically six. I mean, it's like no yeah. age. What about your mum? Did she have a good relationship with her body? No, no. and I think that's probably a lot of where my issues came from. Although I have to say, you know, my sisters had the same mum, and they didn't have issues with no, their bodies. So it's not a definite. So it's not like oh my, it's my mum's fault. But no. my mum and I are very, very similar. Like we clashed a lot growing up because she saw herself in me a lot, and I think that she was quite reckless with herself. She had anorexia when she was younger. And growing up, I only ever saw her look in the mirror and call herself names. Mm. She was beautiful. And I mean, like, my mum is just the supermodel. She's amazing. And I looked at her and just thought she was the best thing in the world. And if she was looking in the mirror and calling herself all these names, then what must that mean? Mm. You know, it's hard to comprehend when you're a kid. And, you know, she was constantly talking about how her jeans were too small or her jeans were too big or this, that and the other. And Mm. she was on Slimming World and I joined Slimming World when I was, like, literally 13. Mm. They let me join, weighed me. I went to Slimming World at oh, a diet club at that age of two. It's so insane. bad. And your body's changing because you're going through puberty. Yeah, you're growing, so you yeah, don't gain yeah, weight. Yeah, because you're going to gain weight, it's inevitable. Honestly, at that time, diet culture was so rife yeah. and people were so clueless and so oblivious to it that it was children going to <sighs> diet clubs and nobody said a thing. I know. It was completely normal for a 13-year-old to want to lose weight. And I don't think my parents were kind of doing that in a abusive way they had my good no. intentions at heart but it was like to say it out loud the thought of any of my children doing that oh and if you is like to stand on a scales and be judged never, never so bad and it's you know times have changed again diet culture is still rife but you know there's always going to be these body trends yeah that mess with people like surgery is huge now because yeah. there's new body trends are coming in and where it's not about being like kate moss it's about being like kim kardashian yeah. 
and nobody can keep up because uh. it's like this constant chase for well what's in trend now how yeah. am I how do I need to look now to be approved of and, and told that I'm sexy and yeah. told that my body's right and it's just this never ending chase for, for kind of moulding ourselves into a shape that's impossible I'm sure we're both can sit here and feel kind of fortunate that we have got to a place where you can ladder back a bit and stand back and go I can see that I yeah. can see that there's a trend for this body shape but you know I'm even if I work out all the time I'm never going to get a big butt and a tiny waist yeah and, and that's all right. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Make peace with that. Yeah. yeah. So, what was the tipping point for you when you decided you needed to get help and work towards self acceptance? Uh, there's like a couple of moments in my life that's really stand out to me. There's been there was a moment when I was on holiday with my sister um, and my mum, and we were in the pool, and I was, you know, I was I, I was in a mess. I was quite young. I say I was 20, maybe. Um, my sister just basically said to me, like, look, I think a lot of your issues here are coming from the fact that you look nothing like you do on Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, you're right, because I edited my photos so Did much. You? Yeah, this is before I had any followers or anything. This I was just, just for yourself, almost. Kind of, but I used to, I, you know, I used to, like, pay to this, get this guy to, like, promote me on his, like, hot babes page on Instagram and, like, try to I'm get more that. followers. I was so desperate for validation. It was, honestly, it was painful. And my sister said that to me and I deleted my Instagram that night or re- deactivated it or deleted all my selfies or whatever. And I just thought, God, I need to make a change. Like, there was a version of me that I'm putting out online that I can't even recognise. I don't look like Are you that. still in the depth of your eating disorder? Yeah, because this went on, my eating disorder went on for, like, 10, God, more than 10 years years you know and I was kind of just constantly going through this like binge and, and starve and binge and starve cycle and I was on this holiday feeling really insecure in my body in a bikini didn't want to be seen didn't and, and I was just miserable and I was trying not to go and throw up after every dinner that I ate on holiday and I was with my, my sister and my mum who were watching me and knew about mm. do you know what I mean so it's like all eyes were on me and there was just I was so torn inside that was a real defining moment because I knew at that point I had the self-awareness to go, do you know what, I'm not, this is not healthy. Enough is enough. And then there was a few times like when I was in Australia and another time when I came home and moved to London that I found myself kind of on the bathroom floor after, you know, a big binge and purge kind of session or whatever for the day mm. and just in just in bits to be honest just felt so desperate and almost kind of suicidal because I was like I don't know what else I don't know what to do I don't mm. feel in control of my own body and I'm slowly killing myself and I remember praying I didn't but I didn't know I didn't ever believe in a god before I do now uh, not in a religious sense more in a spiritual yeah. sense of like the universe or whatever mm. but like I prayed because I didn't know who else to turn to but some other higher power that could maybe help me I started reading books and I started blogging about my experiences and sharing it on online and it kind of went at the time what you would call viral I started mm. blogging about my eating disorder and I deleted all my selfies and I, mm. I showed people like look this is what I used to do to my photos nobody was doing that then nobody no. had spoken about Facetune and who knew that actually after all those years of kind of wanting to be recognised for a version of you as you became your more authentic self yeah that's when yeah that's when the traction came because the validation changes because there's yeah. only so many times that you can post a really over edited self that doesn't look like you and be, and be told by 800 people that you're beautiful before it starts to feel a bit numb and actually when someone says oh my god what you just posted has changed my life yeah. or has really helped me I mean, it's its own type of validation, but it's more like a, I have a purpose yeah. in the world, uh, and I'm not just perpetuating a problem that I'm that I'm also struggling with. I do a similar thing online. It becomes your own th- therapy, and it becomes you have to be accountable, don't you? You like yeah. I can't be preaching that I'm trying to work on myself and then not be working on 
yeah myself I've got to try and be kinder to myself absolutely it does it holds you accountable would you describe yourself as body positive now is that a step too far I think body positive as in I believe all all bodies are good bodies but I do think it's important to distinguish between body positivity and body confidence Mm. because body positivity isn't for me I'm a white you know, thin, able-bodied, privileged woman. Yeah. You know, it's a movement that was rooted in in social injustice. It's not for me. So for me, body confidence is about feeling confident in your own skin. Um, and that's kind of the movement that I discovered when I, I got pregnant and, and my body started to change and I just wanted to really embrace it and, and spread that message. And then after I had Esme, my body looked completely different and I really wanted women to understand that there was you could be happy and not have to feel like you need to air quote snap back yeah. I hate that narrative I hate that diet culture's done that to us and I hate that it takes away from our happiness of becoming a new mother because we're so preoccupied with our bodies I mm. think it's just awful yeah. funnily enough the most confident I've ever felt was after I had a baby and I was in you know three sizes bigger than my normal mm. size and and I just don't know what it was at that time I just felt so empowered mm. I think more recently I've struggled with it and I think it comes and goes like that and I think you just become more resilient over time you learn how to love yourself you learn how to accept yourself and and you have wobbles I think becoming single triggered it for me of course yeah massively because you know I was with a partner who loved me for me and and that gave me a lot of security to be body confident and I think that's just another part of my chapter and it's just another layer Mm. of depth to get to on on the body confidence journey yeah and as you say like no I am in a good place in my body generally but it doesn't mean that it doesn't once in a while get really tripped up when you're like oh right I'm, you know oh, I think I'll start a diet on Monday like oh my god no I don't that isn't what I do anymore but it's drummed into us forever hasn't yeah. it so it's and I always say that for me as soon as I start being self-critical of my body I know that that is actually means that I'm overwhelmed or I'm stressed and it's like yeah. seeing I think people don't tie the two together enough no it's so true we kind of project any stress we've got on our bodies and how we look mm. I know I do it when I'm I know that our bodies change when we're due on our periods and stuff <laughs> I get it really badly that's when I'm probably the worst time but I think that it's the feeling the hormones that I get the, the kind of increased anxiety the increased stress and I blame it all on my body and yes. I'm like I just feel awful in myself my clothes don't fit I feel terrible and I think that we just project that mood and the first thing that we can kind of have a go at is mm. our bodies and then lo and behold like two weeks later when you're ovulating you're like yeah, wow I, feel, I look incredible I am acing it everything my was good my jeans like falling down I don't know what's happened what the hell is going on and it's again it's all diet culture yeah. and it's just important that you know what we're human we feel those things you recognise it and you go that's diet culture and yeah, I think the and more you, you point on. it out and you, and you move on yeah. yeah and check yourself on it yeah but it is it's extraordinary and, and it's quite it's hard to sit with that roller coaster. you're like wow yeah. I am literally changing my tune yeah like the wind. So to prepare for this podcast, I always ask the good people of Instagram about a given subject, so I'm going to tell you some of their answers. Okay. I asked them if they believed self-acceptance was possible, mm-hmm. and only 69% said it was. Wow, that's sad, man. Shouldn't we all be thinking it? Self-acceptance is just such an important... It's such an important part of happiness and peace. I think acceptance for me, like I've been doing a lot of work around inner peace at the moment and I really, with my main goal in life was just to feel peaceful mm. after many years of like panic attacks and feeling anxious. And I learned that peace comes from acceptance 
Because mm. if you're not accepting something, you're resisting it and, and, you, and you're causing friction and you're causing a pushback. And that pushback will never, ever, ever allow you to feel completely mm. happy and, and content. So true, isn't it? And especially when you're fighting against stuff that you, that you can't change. Absolutely. It's like you're on a road to nowhere, aren't you? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. It's, it's actually exhausting. Yeah. I asked people what stands in the way of self-acceptance and mm-hmm. they said comparison. Yeah. Fear of other people's judgment. Yep. Childhood trauma. Yep. Fear. And then my weight and my body. And it's again this language of my weight. Your weight isn't a thing that is like round your neck, is it? It's just No. But the main word is fear, isn't it yeah. really? The whole thing is based on fear. Fear of not being good enough, fear of what other people will think, fear of what someone said to us when we were younger, fear mm. of what happened when we were younger, repeating itself. And it really is about stepping away from fear and into love and that is the, the absolute key to all of it is just fear-based living is never going to never going to equal happiness. happiness. Yeah, which is why coronavirus is triggering for so many people. Yeah. Um, what are your tools for self-acceptance? I'm going to ask you yours in a minute. Mm-hmm. People said saying no, meditation, yep. exercise, yep. craft, which I thought was really nice. But yeah. it, again, it's the same thing of being out out of your mind and into your body, isn't yep. it? Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Good one. Um, therapy and following good people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. What are your tools for self-acceptance? I mean, meditation's massive for me. If you've got 10 minutes to scroll Instagram during the day, you've got 10 minutes to meditate. So or five. Does it ma- I always think, God, if you haven't done it first thing, then you miss the moment. No, you can do it any time of day. I, I do mine in the morning. Do you? Yeah, always. Because... I find that's the time when my my head's the most empty and mm. I have the most enjoyable meditations. But you can do it anywhere, anytime. I tend not to do it in the evenings, in the daytime. Yeah, just because kind of done then. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm busy and I'm running around. So I do it, you know, to wake up 10 minutes earlier, I just listen to, there's a playlist on Spotify called Peaceful Meditation. Mm-hmm. And it has the nicest songs on it. I put that on in my earphones and I sit first thing in the morning, I get my coffee. I go in the lounge and I sit down and I close my eyes and I just say thank you over and over again it's like a mantra just thank you thank you thank you thank you and I think sometimes when you sit down and meditate you can feel like your mind's just running wild Mm. about what you're going to do that day and I think when I do the thank yous it brings me right back into the moment and it just keeps me gives me something to focus on and it's uncomplicated it's uncomplicated and it fills me with so much gratitude because I can think about the things I'm grateful for I can just say the word thank you on its own over and over again which carries the most amazing energy anyway because gratitude is just the most incredible emotion Um, and I start my day off feeling grateful and I smile up at the sky and just say thank you I'm Mm. alive do you know what I mean and it's my favourite way to start the day that for me is like my number one self care Really? I asked Instagram if they would describe themselves as body positive and only 33% said they would Right Body neutral is where I'm aiming for. Yeah. If yes, is it something you've had to work at? And yeah, 88% yes. You know, the odds are against us at the end yeah. of the day. It's not like it's easy. If we were surrounded by marketing and messaging that was about how enough we are, we wouldn't have to work at it. Cause it'd be it'd easy be, breezy. It would be, in our, it would be ingrained mm. in our subconscious minds. We would literally be conditioned to love ourselves. And we're not. We're conditioned to hate ourselves. <sighs> so we have to fight back with every ounce of, of our self-awareness 
confidence to go, I do love myself, I am worthy. This, the messages that I get bombarded at me every day aren't true. Mm. And we've got to fight back. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it is a constant effort. struggle. It really is effort. I hope it will be different for our daughters. Me too. I've asked them what, what helped them be more body positive and they said realising that nobody really cares what you look like. And it's true. If you're on a beach, everyone's mm-hmm. just thinking about their own body, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And I think that people do make these throwaway mean comments but they're not really invested in how other people look it's not something that they are genuinely concerned with we are all far more concerned with how we look yeah than other people yeah Yeah. definitely true um having a baby and we both can relate to that yeah it definitely shifts something for me it was just that realization that i needed to sort my own relationship with my body out in order not to pass it on to my children one thousand percent yeah so important yeah and also it is a cliche but it is extraordinary that your body can grow a baby. Amazing. Isn't like, I've it? never felt more proud of myself. I know. It's, um, and, yeah, boys can't do that. Nope. You know, <laughs> if only they could, could bottle that feeling when they see you get a baby out of you. It's like, I know. Maybe we could bottle the pain and give it to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. Um, Insane. Instagram, yeah, and, you know, social media gets a lot of flack, but for me, it is a therapy, and especially around seeing seeing normal bodies or everybody's bodies. 1,000%. I think that the the movement that's happened on social media has just been... It's so funny because social media used to drive me further into my eating disorder, and now it drives me further out yeah. of it. And it's just so funny how the... It's given people a voice that wouldn't normally have had a voice, it's given people who aren't as privileged a platform to to show themselves mm. um, and to just show everybody how much diversity and beauty there is in our differences. Yeah, and it's just brilliant. It's just I love it. Like I follow, if you follow the right people on Instagram, it can be a place where you go to to save yourself. Yeah, to feel great. There are people on there who, you know, have messaged me since I did the eating disorder post that I've like I've not, I've, you know, I've not made myself sick for x amount of weeks i can't believe it like i'm i can't believe i'm finally healing i've got help i did this and mm. i'm like yes this yeah. is what this platform yeah. is for yeah. it's for connection it's for service it's for caring about other people yeah. it's for community. compassion and community yeah and if you use it the right way it is powerful and the last one is discovering um the exercises for your mind and, and not your body and that has been a game changer for me and i'm massive yeah. it's just Exercise is amazing if it's not punishment. I know. And, you know, for years and years and years, I had no idea that you could exercise and not associate it with weight loss. I just had no... I didn't even think that that was a possibility. And then when I learned that, I could go to the gym and work out and move my body and do things other than just run on a treadmill for an hour and feel so good. And then also, you know, not not pooping anyone that like wants to you know look good aesthetically but to really focus on my strength instead of my aesthetics was just so empowering and just enlightening and I was just like yes and I've since I discovered going to the gym for my mental health and for my strength my physical strength rather than my appearance I have never stopped going no you never have to persuade yourself to go I arranged my whole week to be able to go because it's it's absolute joy literally but the the times when I was doing it for weight loss I was dipping in and out I was dipping in and out yeah I would go to the gym and then I would hammer it for two weeks and I wouldn't go for a Mm. month and I would feel bad and it was just this always about weight loss always this constant cycle of like hating yeah. myself in and a few weeks time I'll myself. be this size I've, yeah. I've, I've burnt this many calories it's yeah. just like 
yeah, if, yeah, it really can be the most yeah amazing thing. Those those exercise people were onto something all along. <laughs> Just took, took some of us a long time to get there. Um, and then I asked people what like they like most about their body uh-huh. um they said my womb good one yeah i love my hair which again you don't people don't get to say that very often no. my butt yeah all of it because it allows me to live and then someone said i can't think of anything i'm afraid and that's like oh not a um, single not one single thing what do you like best about your bod um what do i like best about my bod i like my the shape of my waist do you yeah i like it and i quite like my legs it's good um, yeah. I've got some more things. I asked them what self-acceptance, well, how they would describe self-acceptance, and mm-hmm. I love these. And that is ignoring the world's opinion of you, mm-hmm. giving myself the graciousness I give others, which yes. is exactly what you talked about. Yes. Yeah, and I think when you have kids, it's really easy to unlock that and go, right, how, would, how do I speak to them? This yeah. is how I should speak to myself. Freedom, peace. Mm-hmm. being truly comfortable yeah being happy in myself and my body yeah accepting the good and the bad and not cons- comparing yourself against others not caring what others think yeah and it's mad that those things should feel like they are such on a pedestal you know fairly unachievable but they shouldn't be should they no absolutely not i feel like self-acceptance is also it's the only way we're ever really going to discover our purpose because unless you are standing in your power and and believing that you're worthy and knowing that you are good enough how are you ever not going to be distracted by that do you know what I mean like that it's the ultimate distraction diet culture for me and everything else was the ultimate distraction away from what I'm doing now Mm. and it's by accepting myself that I found my purpose I think it's also important to try and acknowledge our like self-sabotage triggers. Do you know things that, that tend to trip you back up into mm. into old habits? Yep, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I think social media, for me, when I'm doing an important project, I'll self-sabotage by going on social media and getting lost in the vortex of scrolling. And not finishing your project. And not finish, that's, that is my self-sabotage all over. It's almost like a procrastination type mm. thing, which I'm better at now. I, I, again, I'm just learning. And, you know, every now and again... Very rarely, I'll go out and get very drunk. And that, for me, throws me off life for a good week. Mm. And I don't get anything done. I don't feel like, I don't feel peaceful or happy or calm. Or I just feel like every single time I drink and I go a bit too hard and end up with a bad hangover, I've self-sabotaged. Well, talking to someone who doesn't, I don't drink anymore for all these reasons. I think I'm going to give up. I mean, I'm talking like once every two months, but still. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. So I gave up drinking because I couldn't deal with the self-loathing the next day. Yeah. And And I just thought this is not a cycle that I can hack putting myself in that place anymore. No. And then I tested, I just did it just to see. Mm-hmm. And the impact on my mental health is, like, extraordinary because you just don't have those big backward steps. No, there's no, like, plummet downwards. No, there's no, like, that's when, what it feels like. And then you don't sleep well, you don't eat well, I don't exercise well. Yeah. And then it's just like, if you do that even once every month, that is still... You're tripping yourself up, aren't you? Every month you're tripping yourself back yeah. up. And you go. And I think the worst thing for me is the feelings of regret. Yeah, Because they, they actually are a really heavy emotion to, yeah. to carry. Like I, I got like cold last week because I'd gone out. Yeah. So actually I went out and the next day I had a sore throat and the next day I woke up with a, sore, with, a, with a cold and then I spent the entire week feeling like an anxious mess. Yeah. And I was just like, what have I done? It's not worth it. No. Yeah, look, getting drunk is really fun. But for me, the, pay, the payoff wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah. 
give it a go, see how you I go. I feel that, I'm going to do it. And then actually it kind of does link. I think we talk about self-acceptance with our bodies, but I've gone on a long journey for self-acceptance with my mind, so I struggle a lot with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And actually rather than spend my life trying to fight that, I now know, right, I'm, I do suffer with anxiety, so I need to not drink, actually. Yeah, absolutely, and make those decisions yeah. to take care of yourself. Because some of us are, we're just more susceptible yeah. to it. It's, just our, it's in our nature, it's in our character, it's in our star sign. Yeah. <laughs> and doing whatever you can do to protect yourself is so important you know I do look at some of my friends who are more laid back and who don't struggle with these things and yeah it's easy to feel envious but there's you can't change the way your mind works no you can't like my ex-boyfriend had no idea what anxiety was and when I had a panic attack he had no idea what was going on I think he just thought I was being a drama queen to be honest and it it actually drove me a bit insane because it made me really invalidate my emotions and I think sometimes you just have to accept some people don't know what it feels like to have anxiety and it's like trying to explain what mango tastes like to someone who's never tried mango it's impossible to try and convey exactly how it feels so there's no point you just have to accept that some of us are like this and some people just will never have anxiety never feel it it's a whole spectrum of emotion and and i think as soon as you stop kind of demonizing certain emotions and 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 the heavy ones that actually teach us the most about life and actually a, a really important part of our path and our journey is to discovering ourselves if I had never had anxiety or panic attacks, I wouldn't be sat here right now doing no. this. I just wouldn't. So, kind of to, going towards conclusion, talk to me about 80-year-old Megan. How will you know that you're in a great place of self-acceptance and what, what does that look like? At 80 years old? Yeah. I think just looking back on my life and knowing that I fucking gave it my all and I loved myself with every single piece of my heart and, like... I just, I do that a lot, you know. When I'm going through a hard time or I'm questioning myself, I do imagine myself as an 80-year-old woman on my mm. deathbed and it really puts things in perspective for me because I go, hang on a minute, mm. what advice would I give to myself mm. now if I could go and go back in time and go, you know, to the 28-year-old Megan, what advice would I give her? It would be believe in yourself, mm. love yourself, go for it, go for your dreams, go for your goals and you've got one life. Don't wait around. Have a crack at it. Have a fucking crack. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I would do. I don't. One thousand percent. Looking back, eighty years old. If I could look back and go, I gave it my best shot, and I loved with all my heart, and I was a good person, and I did my best. I die happy. The eighty-year-old Me- Megan. Where is she? What's she doing? She's just chilling on a porch in a rocking chair. <laughs> Saying we've all been fed some kind of Hollywood movie because no one has those porches. Not in the UK anyway. <laughs> no, I was thinking like the one in the Notebook. You know. <laughs> It's like the one that wraps around the whole house yeah, that looks out on the lake. Somewhere warm. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably somewhere warm if my hubby's still alive with loads of kids, loads of grandkids, a load of money, because obviously I earned loads of money and then invested it wisely and then I ended up giving myself a really nice retirement. Mm. Um, just feeling like I fucking did my, serve my purpose yeah. in the world. Got your crystals, got your candles. Oh, surrounded by crystals and probably loads of dogs. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> so... As we wind up towards the end, where are you? Where can people find you? Is there anything you want to shout about? Yeah, I'm Megan. I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram mainly as Megan underscore Rose underscore Lane. And what do I want to shout about? I just want every single woman in the world to believe in themselves and understand how fucking beautiful and capable and wonderful and awesome they are um, and stop holding themselves back. It's very, very motivational. <laughs> if you could have an honest conversation with anyone, who would it be? An honest conversation with anyone. Do you know who I'd love to sit down and have an honest conversation with? Who? The Kardashians. Oh, right. 
Yeah. yeah, so what's going on, girls? I just think, just to try and... Understand it. Just to try and get across to them that they have such a powerful influence. Mm, damaging. And the diet culture stuff that they promote so much. Um, just kind of, I don't know, I'd love to chat to them about that. Not in a judgmental way, in like a more like a... Yeah, mate's way. In a mate's way, yeah. But do you just think that they are so removed from their brand that it doesn't feel like them? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if when people that are as famous as that have, have received so much hate and judgment and they trolling can't. that actually they become numb. Yeah. And they have no choice but to switch off, which I I understand yeah. because I've, you know, been I've been trolled and I understand that. The, there comes a point where you go, yeah. do you know what? I actually don't have brain the brain space for your opinion mm. anymore. Um, and you do switch off from it. Like now, when I read, even when I read nasty comments and stuff, I kind of have this numbness where I'm like, All right. you literally don't, you, I'm not going to let you in. No. And I guess, I think that's, that's probably what they have to do, build an armour around themselves, which is very understandable. I imagine they've got such a big team that it, yeah, they're very, very removed from it now, I reckon. They? Yeah, but I, I just wish that somebody that was that powerful mm, who, had the, who had the opportunity to completely change the world and the way women see themselves could be in their position mm. and if it could be one of them that just turned around tomorrow and went hang on a minute all this diet culture shit's bullshit whatever else here's my body how it actually looks yeah and like beyond I don't know just a bit more honesty a bit more vulnerability and a bit less hiding behind like a facade I just think that would be so powerful so yeah, yeah. that's a very good answer yeah go straight to the top where all the power uh, is yeah and go. why not why not <laughs> dream big and then I always ask my audience to complete the sentence, I'll be honest, I. And I'm going to read out theirs, and then I'm going to do one, and then I'm going to ask you to do one. Okay. okay. So, I'll be honest, I pick my nose and eat it a lot. <laughs> Don't like Kylie Minogue. Only became vegan because I hoped it would make me thinner. Sometimes worry I married the wrong person. Oh, wow. Hated four weddings and a funeral. I mean, I'm trying to be remain unjudgmental here, but that is that is ludicrous. Um, tell my friends they look good when they don't. Have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I've put I've got quite a serious one from me. Okay. I'll be honest. I sometimes kid myself that I don't have mental health issues, and as soon as you do that, they always come back and bite you in the other. So oh, and here it is. There you go. It's like me the other day. You like fun? I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Oh goodness. So yours. Me. I'll be honest. I. I'll be honest. I sometimes pee in the bath. Do you? I'm looking shocked. Uh, so in the first... I sometimes do as well, just to level with you. In the first series of the podcast, I asked people if they peed in swimming pools. Because yeah. I've had an argument with Ben. I was like, everybody pees in swimming pools. He's like, nobody pees in swimming pools. Yeah. But lots of people pee in swimming pools. I've never peed in a swimming pool. That's a lie. I went away to Amsterdam the other week and I peed in the pool for the first time ever. I was so worried it was going to go... My mum told me that there's yeah, the, the dye yeah, in the pool. Were, That's why I've never done it. Was it a posh pool? No. Well, oh. it was just in a hotel, so it okay. wasn't particularly posh, no. Um, and how was the experience? Did you feel liberated? Um, it went... The water went slightly yellow. And, then, um, and there was a guy swimming near me and I felt really bad because he came kind of... Kind of came unexpectedly he's swimming in my piss yeah but I pee in the bath like when I'm gonna get out yeah so you don't hang around it no, I don't hang is around it, and it. also I bath Wash on my, my kids and they they piss in there all the time that's me poos in the bath yeah all the time. They, out yeah, afterwards. They, they, that's a low bananas. moment of parenting isn't it you're like oh you've done a poo <laughs> um, well on that bombshell <laughs> I've been Clemmie Telford and this wonderful woman has been Megan Lane and this has been Honestly Podcast thank you for listening please do rate, review and subscribe and tell your mates all about it thank you very much thank, thank you. you it's been an honour thank you so much for listening guys thank you for listening to another episode of Honestly 
If you found this week's episode interesting, which I hope you did, I'd love to know your thoughts. So please do give me a rating or review and even better, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get each week's episode delivered straight to you.